Yeah, mate, I suppose at this time of year, good morning to you, I should say, and good morning to the boys and good morning to all the listeners. But, uh, yeah, it's one of those weekends where there was no feature race in Sydney. Um, we get back to the features next weekend with the Carrington Stakes. But uh, there's certainly a couple of nice wins. Obviously, Gay and Adrian fully lit, um, adding to their um, never-ending two-year-old arsenal, it, it seems like. And a few more have just gone around in the trials, Dave. So it um, wasn't too bad. I think there's a few there we can follow into that early autumn period. Yeah, of course, those Ramwick trials are on this morning. We did have a group trial this morning on the Kenzo at 8.30. Malkovich, Mumbai Muse, Blanc de Blanc uh, in that particular trial. Uh, then afterwards, we saw Queen of the Ball and Hip Hip Hurrah trial. Uh, Maximal in that trial, Arapaho, Celestial Legends. So some nice horses and Private Eye. Just a nice little tick around in that uh, second trial there, that group trial at 8.40. Prost was a very good winner. In trial three, already some money for it in the Golden Slipper after it beat Shangri-La Express. And the other trials will continue on. We've got some other two-year-old open trials. Bodyguard going around there uh, a little bit uh, later on. Or in fact, in right now, in maybe 20 to 15 minutes, you'll see Bodyguard, etc. going around. Uh, David Gately joins us uh, from our Melbourne studio. Gator, uh, some good racing on the weekend. Uh, what was your highlight? Yeah, good morning, team and punters. Um... Yeah, look, I thought Rose Hill uh, played really well. Credit to all involved. We know the track really well. Um, bitterly disappointed with what I saw at Flemington. Uh, you know, it's, it's got a reputation as, as one of the greatest tracks in the world. But there were some odd things happening Cup Week. You know, they blamed the wind for a couple of biased sort of days, but that was savage on Saturday. Um, you know, if you went on the inside row, it didn't matter what, form you had or what price you were you just had to be in that spot and I think punters need to be treated better than that if, if they want to you know if you want to stay in the game you've got to be able to trust the form and that's the job uh, that's in front of them to get these tracks right so punters have the confidence to, to bet uh, at them. And one thing I will say Gator because I was watching the coverage on Saturday I was flicking all the different channels but I was tuning in to on Sky Racing 1 beforehand and, and that's one thing I'll say to punters uh, it might be difficult sometimes if you're at a pub, but if you're at home, um, get that volume up just to hear what Gator is saying before him because some people will talk about it. Some people won't. You are in that, the the, the, the former. Uh, Gator, you will talk. If you can see a perceived bias uh, when you're from where you're watching, you will definitely talk about it. And um, you were steering punters that way. You were saying, look, here's, here's my numbers. However... A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And uh, that was just unfolding before our eyes. Yeah, that's right. And one thing uh, I'll never do is, is change my uh, selections once they're locked in um, because it's just an integrity issue, right? So I think that's really important. But you can alter your betting, you know. Uh, you can alter what uh, what your stake is and, and how you're reading the tracks. Things like evolving form lines, they'll always happen. But um, Yeah, track patterns are, have become so crucial, haven't they? And being able to identify them early and... And then acknowledge them after the races. You know, there's still, there were still some saying after the most savage track bias I'd ever seen at the Valley or not. They still came out with the data that it was just the Valley up. It's just, it's just wrong. You know, it's like saying, you know, vaccines don't work it, or the earth's flat. It's just science is real. You know, whether you believe it or not, I guess, is the, is, um, the lesson. Also joining us, Chris Roots from the City Morning Herald. Uh, Chris, you were at uh, the Rose Hill meeting, and well, Mitch touched on it with fully lit, but there were some other good performances uh, on the day. I thought that Calabas um, 
a lot of people were tipping it. Uh, a lot of people were suggesting it would go good. Started to drift before they jumped, and uh, what SP two forty with the tab, and uh, Josh Parr just went whoosh. Yeah, it was it was a funny drift, wasn't it? Like Bjorn Bake had a similar thing with um, Osmosis in the spring. It, it drifted, but there was money for another horse there. I think it was Royal Tribute that day. This race seemed to set up so perfectly for it, and with due respect to the other horses, they they weren't in the same same class. It broke a class record, went through, went went and did its job, and you know I think they might have picked up a bit of a bargain at three hundred thousand. The the Derby boys here, they I, I don't think they're they're aiming absolutely to the top level, but you know Group Two, Group Three. So I think we'll we'll see this horse around around that level, and I think they're going to sprint him. So he's um. He certainly won the takeout of the day and was very good. As for um, Flemington, I, we had the TV up in the um, press room there. And one thing I say about Gator, he doesn't um, he doesn't just shoot off after one or two races and say, "Oh, look at the track bias, look at the track bias." He he allows it allows it to really become obvious before he before he actually says, "This is what's happening. And this is what you've got to do." He he won't be um, fooled by maybe a slowly run race that two leaders win and, and that happened in the first couple of races so um, well played to him and you could hear the frustration after the last in his voice when he when he um, when he signed off so um, one of those days where you, you know you get that travelator on the inside of Flemington and it's happened on Derby Day before and it, it, it'll happen again like it, mm. it's, we do race on grass we don't race on a synthetic track Is there any I mean and I had Navesh Ramdani on the Monday's experts last Monday, and I asked him about, you know, uh, track bias and his thoughts. Obviously, um, being one of the most respected curators and race course managers in the country, and he sort of said, "Look, it is evident, but I can't tell you exactly why it does happen um, because there's no way, um, you know, a, a race course is set up to to be in that situation." He said, "It's just one of those things. Do we need to?" Um, because there was obviously so much money in the game, do we need to, you know, approach some scientific people, gents, uh, or someone out there to, to do some studies on them? Because it seems like uh, with more, you know, we talk about wanting to put earpieces in, in jockeys behind the barriers, not in races. So we're trying to, uh, you know, get those new people in, right? So let's say we get those new people in and let's say they have their 10 or $20 on number one and uh, their horse encounters some form of track bias and they think to themselves, well, what a load of you-know-what, and they don't understand why or how that's happened and we can't, as an industry, give them a proper explanation as to why it's happening. Uh, Why would they come back and bid on our product? So uh, we're obviously all four of us, and I'm sure a lot of people listening here uh, in the category of, well, we don't know, Dave, what's going on and we, you know, but but is it something we need to to pump some money into to find out uh, exactly or, or give us some assistance. Bias, I don't think track bias is... Uh, I think it can be overplayed. Like, there are obvious... When it's absolutely obvious, there are, are times, and I wouldn't say there's never track bias, but a lot of track bias... People who talk about track bias and things like, like that early in the day, it's because of race shape and how the races are run. Um... You do get days like we got at Flemington and we occasionally get in Sydney where the track obviously plays a certain way and you've obviously got to be in a certain spot. 
and that's usually forward rather than back. And um, it's it's just the nature of it's the nature of the beast. Like we can't, you're not going to get you're not going to get a perfect sunny twenty twenty five twenty seven day every every day of summer. You're going to get days where it's um, days where it's blowing and you can't go out in the surf. Like just it's buyer beware. You know when you go for a swim in the surf, you 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 have to look for rips. Like this is this is this is part of the great game we do we play, and um, I think as long as it's not happening week in week out, and I think a lot of the commentary around uh, track bias tends to have punters thinking, oh, I've got to look for track bias is the first thing I do on a Saturday. No, the first thing you got to do on a Saturday is find do your form and find a winner. You know, um, good horses can often overcome track bias. Gator. Yeah, look, I like the analogy about the um, the rip and the surf. That's a that's a good one, uh, and, and I do think there's clearly an aspect of of caveat emptor, you know, buyer beware. Um, but if to answer your to part of your question, absolutely, I think we need to put some money and science into it. I mean, you know, I remember first jumping into racing. There was a couple of people I really respected, and and they were really angry that. Um, that the attitude was, oh, punters will bet on anything, so we'll just serve it up. Um, and I'm not sure a hell of a lot has changed. You know, I'm, I'm not 18 or 19 anymore. I'm much older. But um, it seems like uh, if it's not uh, a conscious thought, it's not the first thought to protect the punter. And, and that's uh, problematic. In my very humble, I think it should be the very first thing we do um, for the long-term success of, of the sport. And it, it doesn't appear that that's the case. I think to, to further on from that gator is that to just an understanding of it. I yep. mean, um, because uh, we, we talk about, you know, that there, there was a, a bias there at Flemington. It could be other tracks around the country. It could be tracks in Sydney. It could be anywhere. But um, no one can sort of explain why. And, and you know what? We may never be able to explain why. Because of uh, it, we are dealing with a, na- a natural, and uh, go go, Chris. Oh, no, it's, it's me. Sorry, the, oh, but it's sorry. like anything, isn't it? I mean, if we're not trying to improve, if we're not going the extra mile to try and improve something that's clearly an issue and, and can be a big issue um, during the carnival, sometimes then, then what are we doing in any sport? Mm. We should be looking just, see, see, uh, going see, this that is, extra mile to improve. Exactly, and see, but this is the thing too. I think where we get ourselves in a in a, in a pocket. It's for me. Whilst it's an issue, uh, it's also um, probably a bigger issue that we can't explain it to people. So obviously, but, if we could, if we could explain it and we understood it better as an industry as to why it was happening or why something is not happening the way we're thinking it's going to happen, and when we can explain to our customers, right, there is a track bias today at Flemington. The reason being is, well, there's a there's wind, uh, there's water, there's whatever it might be, because we've now got that information and data behind us. But at the, that's probably the most frustrating part, because then once you know, and if we explain to the customer, right, well, this is why it's happened, or this is why it's happening, guys, etc., etc., I feel as though the consumer would be uh, more you know, um, adaptable to that situation. But when we just say as an industry, oh, this is happening, it's no good, which we all agree on, but then can't, and then, you know, someone that's just come into our sport that might watch, you know, American sport or whatever it might be and go, well, oh, well why is that happening? Why is, why is there that track bias? And we go, oh, we don't know. 
that's that's where we've got to change the philosophy. We're never going to change it. There's always going to be track bias, but we've got to understand it more, surely. Let's face fact, Dave. um, We've come a long way. If you're watching some of the 1990s football games that are on at the moment, there's dirt on the field and no grass on the field. If you if you turn that turn that up to the players these days, they wouldn't they dead set wouldn't play. So um, it's it's technology has gone so far forward and our tracks are so much better. If you look at that Gold Coast track that's just been built, it's going to be a great servant to the Queensland industry. And we probably we we've seen what how good Newcastle is here here as well. Um, the technology in our tracks is is now at a standard where they should be able to take readings and they can take readings on moisture levels and um, and things like that and find it and they we've got the going stick and things like and the penetrometer that gives you some indication but sometimes it's just it's a bit like a, a bit like a Bermuda triangle the the horses keep going there and keep disappearing into the into the into the into the future you know that's the that was the way it was on Saturday you you didn't want to be at the outside I remember talk, I spoke to Bjorn Baker and he couldn't believe that Power Ballad got so far away from his horse, Steffi Monique. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. that, was, that was the first real obvious sign that the track was playing very much to the inside. Yeah, and that, uh, that I mean, that winner at 400 to 1, I know, you know, it came from a class one at Wagga. I'm not sure it's the... the, the, the you know, I think that's when the warning signs were, were pretty much up, weren't they? Um you know, it must have been a terrific class one at Wagga that one, but uh, you got to, you got to yeah. respect that Sydney form. Uh, oh yeah, you, yeah. You should, you should learn, you should learn <laughs> that by now. Yeah, no, it's my first day. Come and give me a break. But um, no, it's uh, in all seriousness, it's um, it's it's true. And and Chris's point's really valid about uh, back in the day. I had a pro punter tell me we had the wooden rail at Corfield, remember, hundred years ago, and he said this is what will happen today. The inside will hold up the first two or three races by race. Uh, I think we had eight races back then. God, um, by the eighth race, they'll be sweeping down the middle because the wear and tear. So there's the natural, um, you know, evolution and progression. But uh, Dave's points, um, 100% valid. That we have to look into it. We have to be informed the punters as best we can. Um, sticking our head in the sand and saying punters will bet on anything is, isn't the answer. And that, well, that has been. A function of racing race clubs. I remember one day I was had lunch with lunch with the VRC and they asked them about the Cornwall and they said it was a five hundred thousand dollar race there and they said oh they'll still run in it because of what it's worth to be a stallion. As soon as they put it to a million and a two million, it become a better race. So you know, put some money into anything and that, and it becomes better. Yeah. And I think, too, uh, you know, you can't fall on that age anymore that uh, they'll just bet on anything because they won't. Um, they yep. won't just bet on anything, uh, especially when money doesn't grow on trees uh, at all. And I think, too, uh, before we uh, just when we'll move on after this, but the sooner racing starts looking at itself as a um, uh, almost like a retail, um, you know, we are, we are a consumable item. It, it needs to be looked at like that. Uh, especially when we're competing for that punting dollar. And if we don't have that punting dollar, well, we, we don't have anything. Uh, well, but in see, plenty of blokes Sydney, this morning with the TV on watching the NFL. And that's, yeah. you know, we're not just competing with the NRL or the AFL. No. We're competing with every every sport that you can you can have a bet on. And the the amount of bets you can have these days, you know, the the um, how many yards a player will get and things like that. There's so many different options. It's not just... 
uh, head-to-head market anymore. You can you can create um, the product you want, and that was that's racing one of racing's biggest challenges because it's so hard to understand, and it takes it takes years. And everyone here's probably still learning about racing, racing, and you know, somebody just coming into it that they they take it. It's a bit of nerves when they go and back a horse if they're not just going and backing a name and they want to do a bit of work into it. They quickly realise that it's 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 like doing a master's degree at beauty. Now, fully lit, Mitch. I'll come to you here. You mentioned it to start the program. We'll look at uh, Sydney Race One here. Another winner for Gay Waterhouse, uh, Adrian Bott, and a big lot of owners as well. I see on um, Saturday. Yeah, it just keeps rolling. This two-year-old juggernaut of Gay and Adrian, doesn't it? It's every week they seem to produce one. It's now a matter of where do they all line up. I think you look at them. Obviously, Storm Boy has to be the clear top seed after what he did up there at the Magic Millions. But it's sort of interesting to see how they all funnel down now. Fully lit, obviously, trialled up really nicely on his debut. He's really kicked their heads in um, on Saturday. He was outstanding, uh, racing away clearly. Now, Adrian was talking after the race, what, what do we do with him? Do we do we target him at those sort of Group 1 features or we chase the prize money? He's obviously eligible for that English millennium in a few weeks' time. So... Uh, look, I'd, I'd say he probably heads that way towards an English millennium, but it is a real juggling act for them now. Speaking to Adrian after the race, he's he sort of looking at the other horses. Now, we've seen Shangri-La Express trial this morning, Espionage as well, I think, in Prost, and all these horses. It's a matter of how do we all get them there to, to their respective targets, and maybe all their targets are the Golden Slipper, Dave, but um, where do they all sit? Stormboy's going to follow uh, that Skyline Stakes path followed by um, Dance Hero when, when he won the uh, the Magic Millions and went through and won the Triple Crown. So Gay's thinking, why don't we just follow a similar path that's worked for us before? Why not do it again? But then, obviously, you've got that funnelling effect. She's going to have to look at other races. Now, Shangri-La Express has got the, the luxury of winning that golden gift, so he's really already in the golden slipper field, and he was a clear favourite for the slipper before Stormboy went up there to the Magic Moons and was so excellent. So, look, it's it's hard to line up. You think of all the horses I've just mentioned. Then there was a Node who won a few weeks ago. Obviously, Straight Charge won um, in excellent fashion a few weeks ago. So, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting few weeks. But uh, I suppose um, an enviable, enviable position for Gay and Adrian, that's for sure. Yeah, and even the trial this morning of Prost, which uh, yeah. has had some support. Yeah, I kind of like uh, him, Dave. I think he's, yeah. I think he's one you want to follow to the side. I think he's he had a, a cheeky good run in that breeder's plate. And, uh, look, he's just uh, he's just coming up nicely as well, I think. Well, we are open on that uh, Golden Slipper, as we have been for a long, long time. Stormboy Street are the favourite. Shangri-La Express, $8. Bodyguard at 15 Highness at 17 Manos at 17 Espionage, 21 Switzerland at 21 Didn't get a start on Saturday, it's an interesting runner. And then Prost uh, was $34 this morning, now in the 26 off the back of that uh, trial. And he'll so, likely go to the Canterbury, Dave. He'll up. go to the Canterbury? Yeah, likely, likely. Okay. So, and, and I guess that's going to be the, the, the situation, isn't it? But I touched on this uh, during the week last week, Chris, that we're going to see um, horses especially two-year-olds and some of the uh, these young three-year-olds who uh, need to get their ratings up, like we saw a very nice horse yesterday 
at Scone for Rod Northams, which I don't know, boys, if you saw that. But um, go back and have a look at the replay, even in our next commercial break. It was Scone yesterday. Reese Jones wrote it. Gator, you would uh, love this from doing the um, doing the visuals. Obviously, you'd have to break it down times and all sorts of things. But it is a Scone race number... It was race number... Which race was it? I think it was an early race. It was race number three. Uh, Race two, sorry. Yep, race two, Plazo Prince. Gator and boys, race two, number three. Um, Don't know what it exactly beat behind it, but boy, oh boy, it was like a um, barrier trial uh, for Plazo Prince yesterday there at Scone. But um, I was going to say, Chris, in terms of these young horses coming through, we're going to see at the midweeks, some pretty nice horses step out to try and get their ratings up to maybe sneak into some of these big races. Yeah, it's we're going Adrian and Tullock Lodge in the next next couple of months. It's just going to be which one do we pull, pull out of the pull out of its box this week? It's they they've um they've stuck to their usual pattern, which is get them up and going before Christmas, give them a break, bring them back. And a lot of horses, I think the numbers are down in two-year-olds this year. We saw it in the Magic Beards, running 17, accepting, um, losing that race last week, which um, one of the horses from it, commanding artists, went to Brisbane and won. So we lost the horse in Sydney Racing because they didn't run a two-year-old race. Um, we So Gay and Adrian have just done exactly what they usually do. They rolled them out and fully lit. Adrian actually said after the race, he said, we could actually, we actually waited with this bloke because he needs a bit more time, and we didn't have to rush because we had so many. So they waited their time. His times were very similar to Calabas. He did it from the front. Calabas come from behind, obviously. Um, always a good Simon two-year-olds run time similar to very good horses in on the same day. He'll go to the as Mitch said, he'll go to the Millennium, and then they just sort of pick out where they're going to put Shangri-La Express and and all these other horses. I think. The Silver Slipper, Todman roots there for a couple of them. Um, there'll be Canterbury and Witten horses there as well. I think they've got a, two, uh, a couple of fillies that'll come back for the Witten. They've won 3.6 million just off two-year-olds in the first half of the season. It has just been a remarkable season. They've obviously bought very well. They're well-educated and they're running. And you can do a lot worse than keep following the Waterhouse Bot stables there, two-year-olds. So I think... The return on investments getting up up around fifty percent, so one hundred and fifty percent. So you get a you, if you backed every one of their two year olds, you, you're putting money in your pocket. Gato, um, I wanted to ask you a question here about, and I know it might be um, difficult because the way that uh, track was playing, but there's a, a text here on the text line. Can you ask Gato about his thoughts on race two at Flemington on Saturday? Yeah, look, I think um, obviously it was a staying race very much off-season, um, but the winner, one last kiss, um, was going really well and uh, did a really good job. Last 100 metres was super strong, beat Oceanic Clash, who hadn't won for 100 years, but um, had some good Sydney form uh, through last campaign. A couple of those at the top of the market were, were really disappointing. Uh, I think Galileos, you know, 220 favourite, had every chance, but didn't quicken at all, so... I wonder what the answer is with that horse, whether they roll forward and let him run or ride him a lot colder, which we saw first up when he hit the line strongly. So they'll, they'll have an answer, Anthony and Sam Friedman. 
Um, but uh, he was the disappointment out of that race. But look, I don't think many of those will be eyeing off a Melbourne Cup burst. But um, but yeah, there's good prize money if you're a handy star and a few of those are that. And then also too on Sydney, I'll get your thoughts on our Cobison in race nine. Lovely ride from J Mac. No, it was oh, a perfect was ride. Yeah, and was off the map to win that race. I mean, first up, looked like he was looking for 1,100 to my eye. He didn't quicken, but was good late. Uh, stepped to 1,100 with the weight swing on Tintooki from gate one. I think that's why the punters absolutely launched, and they got it to bang on. Time was good. Yeah, and she said after the race, too, I think she, if he had two trials before that first up run, he just wins. So, uh, look, he still had a, uh, a bit of improvement left, and boy, did he show it on Saturday. She thinks he's definitely a, a stakes-quality horse. It's just a matter of finding that right race. Obviously, you don't want to dive straight into to the big boys, but there's plenty of uh, smaller fish in, in that listed and, and Group 3 range. And if he's up and rolling early in the autumn um, before the big guns sort of come into play, why not have a crack at one of those races? Why when he's rock-hard fit. James was very glowing of him too. He said he jumped on him last prep and, and could tell he had an engine. Um, but, uh, boy, he hadn't really put it all together. But, look, he, he looks to have come back really good now. What's that? He's, he's fourth win, I think, in, in seven starts on Saturday. Inch, a, a really underrated trainer, isn't she? she? She can really produce these horses when she's got a goodie. She certainly can. We're going to take a quick break. It's 9.35. Give us a call. The lines are open on 13.53.53. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. Expect major delays on Moringa Freeway over the holiday period as upgrade works continue. Allow extra travel time. Visit livetraffic.com for updates. Sydney Horsley Park, a truck broken down the Horsley Drive westbound near the M7. Chalora Centenary Drive under speed northbound to Arthur Street. Katoomba truck crash, Great Western Highway closed at Explorers Road. Use the Bells Line of Road at Brisbane Red Hill. Heavy traffic on Waterworks Road inbound at Musgrave Road. Edgewater Homes Mortgage Fund. Buy a new home, move in now, and get up to $1,500 a month off your home loan for two years. T's and C's apply. Edgewaterhomes.com.au. I'm Ian Wallace on the Big Sports Breakfast. The Vince Curry Memorial, to be staged at the Ipswich Showgrounds on Saturday, February 3, is Australia's richest maiden series with outstanding prize money of $75,000 to the winner. The winner's honour roll includes Queensland Hall of Fame inductees, high earner and just the best, making this event the nursery of future champions. Go to racingqueensland.com.au for further information. Queensland is racing. Gallo's pies are the best pies in Australia. They are my favourite pies. A deliciously flaky pastry on top, a bottom that's rolled extra thin, and a filling using only 100% lean Aussie beef. These pies are bursting with flavour. Lean beef, curry beef, chunky steak, beef and mushroom, plump chicken breast. There are plenty of mouth-watering Gallo's pies to choose from. Gallo's pies in all Coles and Woolworths stores. Gallo's pies, we're thin on pastry, we're big on meat.
From Derby victories to classic features, NZB Standard Bread is your source of elite harness racing success. With the oldest five years of age, graduates have laid claim to 53 Group 1 wins and 137 stakes wins, while Kiwi Standard Breads claimed 46% of all eligible Group 1 races in Australasia last season. The next crop of racetrack champions are on offer at the 2024 National Standard Bread Yearling Sale at Karaka in Christchurch from the 18th to 21st of February. NZBstandardbread.co.nz don't miss the 2024 Big Sports Breakfast Lunch. And we want to have a good time. An afternoon of food and refreshments, laughter, terrific company and a four-hour beverage package all at our new venue, Allianz Stadium. Come and join the BSB team plus our many special guests on Friday, March 15. You can purchase tables for 10 people or just individual seats. Away, baby, let's go. We're going to have a good time. For more info, head to allianzstadium.com.au slash Lunch and buy your tickets today. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. You are on Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem on this Monday. It is 9.38 and you can give us a call on 13.53.53. A couple of texts on the text line in relation to the weekend's races. Uh, We touched on a few of them in Sydney, but uh, Boot Scooter winning the last Mitch was a pretty good performance for Rod Northam. Yeah, for sure it was. And uh, look, I went back and watched the first run. I think Ronnie Duffy tipped it on the day and went back and, and watched that first up run. And uh, you know what? It was a bit of a shame you missed it. It was a terrific return uh, to end the car. J-Mac was obviously riding um, the, the, the favourite in that race and, and well, looking uh, pretty to ride a four-timer on the car before he went off to Hong Kong to win a Group 1 on Saturday. But um, Port Mitchell, for Centerstone, it looked like... Um, come up very short, but Boot Scooter was just excellent, wasn't she, for Rod Northam? Uh, she looks in for a really good prep from here. She certainly does, Gator. No, it was a, it was a neat win, wasn't it? And, uh, and I think Brad Davidson made it, a, he didn't have it on top, but tipped it as an over the odds and a 20 in, so um, yeah, but nothing new for Duff to find one at a price. Uh, terrific work and did a great job. I loved the last 100. It turned out a real sweeper's race, which um, doesn't detract from the win, but the trifecta, you know, first, second, third were all uh, in the last four spots, weren't they, at the 600. Um, time was useful of a 54 first 900, 129, 42. Did it with no weight, so the next step, of course, is, as we go up in grade, is to, uh, is to, uh, to do it um, with some weight on the back. Exactly right. Another text here on the text line. Uh, Chris, I'll come to you here in relation to... Uh, the race is in Sydney on Saturday, and it's uh, in race number six. Uh, Yankee Hustle was uh, too good there. Another win for Chris Lees on a Saturday in Sydney. Yeah, he just keeps kept bringing them down here and winning races. He was, um, it was um, well found there by 1D Stanley, so um, he, I'm surprised there's not a promo for it somewhere along the line. But, <laughs> no, uh... no, promo. They, they curse, because you get a promo... And next minute, you don't back a winner. Gator would know that. You, you get the big promo on Sky, <laughs> and then everyone tunes in, and it's like the reverse mock. Yeah, no, I wouldn't know about that. They um, <laughs> haven't seen one. I haven't seen one for my good self yet. But I've only been there five years, so you can't rush these things. <laughs> uh, what about? Uh, did anyone catch the races in uh, Brisbane on Saturday? I know, Gator, you would have kept an eye on them. I just yeah. wanted to give a uh, a mention here to Emperor. He's been knocking on the door, this horse. And even I spoke with um, Matt Dunn 
late last week and the barrier jaw had just come out as I was talking to Matt and I said, mate, you've drawn wide again with Emperor and uh, he had to, I think, bite his lip. He wanted to, to let rip. He said, gee, I can't draw a gate with this horse. But he has. That stable's had a fantastic fortnight. Two big wins, obviously, at the Magic Millions. Emperor wins. And James Orman, a lovely ride this skater because he just got the drag into it. He is... Look, he's a good rider. He won the Queensland yeah. Jockeys Premiership, but he's just, he's, he's riding with a lot of race smarts about him. Oh, he is that, and punters are backing his rides um, anecdotally. Um, why wouldn't you? The form he's in, and uh, that horse Emperor was terrific on Saturday. It, it didn't stop the punters all day uh, backing them from wide gates. There were a couple they launched um, on from wide alleys. Two of them won. Uh, one did not, um, but... Uh, Emperor was strong, and the little query I had going into the race was the 1,200 metres. Well, he's ticked that box. I think um, everyone jumped on him last start, um, coming out of a, a highway race, and um, just forget if you just forgave that run, that that run, it was a really good race for him. Sydney had a huge day in Brisbane there on the weekend. I think there was five or six winners, even on the lead one there. So um, it's it's always Taking that Sydney form away from Sydney around the country is always a, a good way, a good starting point to find a winner. It certainly is. Mitch, uh, speaking of Sydney, I wanted to ask you about uh, the performance of um, the Midway. Mark Connors, just having a few winners now, Mark, coming into uh, 2024, and uh, it was a good win there in the, in the third. And he deserves a lot of credit too, Dave. This horse has come back from a fractured uh, cannon bone um, in the last preparation. So he's put together four straights now, um, Willow Dow, after, well, two last preparation with Deanne Pena back on board. Actually provided Deanne Pena with a first winner back after she um, obviously had that time off um, having a baby. Um, welcome back to the saddle. Uh, with this horse, two wins. Unfortunately, he broke his cannon bone in the second of those wins, or fractured his cannon bone, I should say, um, in the second of those wins and, and had some time off. But boy, has he picked up where he left off this preparation. He was obviously terrific first up. Now he's brought that to town and, and Mark's looking potentially at a, uh, at a provincial midway championships crack. So And why not? This horse is flying. He's had a Seamus reward. Um, obviously got to pick his mark now uh, with this horse. Obviously... Uh, getting towards that five win stage, where uh, which makes you ineligible, obviously. But uh, look, the horse was flying. I thought gently rolled in behind was excellent. Um, one of the runs of the day, I thought gently rolled. Uh, she was first up. Um, I think you can follow her in a midway race next start. But just a quick quick shout out to Deanne Pania also. She come in the town. He was the first winning town to. Uh, a little over four years, obviously, with that time off, and and then went down to Kembla Grange to ride afterwards. So she's working hard. But uh, well done to her. Exactly the right. Was, to... The race Go was interesting there because they went, they just kept running in front. So um, I think they got home 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 15. So that was, that was, um, they just kept running. So Gently Rolled was really good from back in the field. Um, Willowdale, obviously a horse that's going, we're going to be talking about in the the provincial championships. Whether, um, Talking to Anne after the race, she actually said, I think it'll be better at 1,400 where it can relax and really work through its gears like it did there. And obviously it's got good high-end speed and it can sit on the sit up, sit up front. So there's, there's two positives to a, its racing style. 
Uh, $15 it is in that provincial championships, that provincial midway championships. Uh, we've got that market open, that pre-noms. Tavi time is four fifty. Fearson at $8. Spangler at $8. Terramata at 11 Dream um, Dream Hour at 15 Kyobra at 15 Miracle Spin, 15 And Peace Officer at $15, along with uh, Willardow. So... We uh, need a special quick lead against the rest of the trainers. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we should open some sort of market in relation to that. Um, now, boys, did we catch yesterday at Hong Kong? Uh, obviously, we had the Stewards Cup um, over there and uh, run over a mile. 13 million Hong Kong for grabs. And J-Mac uh, gets uh, the horse called Voyage Bubble over the line. Did anyone catch it? Yeah, it was great. It was a great win by by this horse. It's um, Hong Kong Derby winner. J-Mac was very confident going over there. He he um, rode it behind Golden 60 in the, international, in the Hong Kong International Mile and he, he, he basically said, if it turns up in the same form, I'll be coming home with a Group 1 win. He's actually stayed over there. I think he's playing golf with Huey today and then riding Romantic Warrior in a trial tomorrow was very complimentary of the um, of the jockey club for allowing him to come in and ride in a trial, which is not usually done over there. There, so um, sort of making his mark in Hong Kong. He, he um, I was actually they're rolling out, out the red carpet. And, yeah, yeah and it's very much rolling out the red carpet. They, they they're rolling out red carpet uh, because they want him there. They want yeah. him there right now, don't they, Ruder? They want him there when Zach goes. That's when he'll go. If really? Geez, if I was, the record, geez, if I was a marketing, wouldn't you want him there now to take on Zach because? Not saying that Zach doesn't have any competition there at the moment, but mate, McDonald Purton every Sunday at Chartin fighting it out. I don't think I don't think he'll be going for a couple of months, a few months yet, um, um, Dave, because he's um, yeah. he made the point to like I was saying he's um, he was walking out of the track in front of us. I was with Mandy Cattell and Kieran McAvoy were just having a chat. We're about twenty five metres behind him, and if you know the Roses bloke at um, at Rose Hill as you walk out. J-Mac stopped, gave him a 20 and got, grabbed a bunch of roses for Caitlin just to, just to oh, keep it all stop. sweet on the home front there because he's going oh. away for three days golfing and riding, <laughs> riding with him. He knew. He's too clever. He knew you guys were behind him, surely. <laughs> he, he had a big smile on his face when we gave him a rev up. Let's just say that. Uh, interesting. He, he's, he's very complimentary. I, I had a good chat to him about this. and he, he's um, he, he, he really loves the stock the style of racing over in Hong Kong and the lifestyle, but and very complimentary of what it can do for him, but he's still very focused on Sydney. And while 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 everyone keeps talking about when's, when's he going to go to Hong Kong, and I've no doubt he'll eventually end up there for a, a good stint, he's, um, he's, he wants to ride as many winners as he can in Sydney. And um, I was talking to Mitch after he rode his third winner there, and Mitch just said, "Well, they need to be forty in front of him to beat him for the premiership." He's 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 very driven to get everything done. And the other point he made was he wanted to thank Caitlin for what she does for him to allow him to do all these trips and things like that. Because this week he, he's gone to Hong Kong, he comes back for a couple of days and goes to New Zealand. He has he had to give up Hong Kong next week because he can't get a flight from New Zealand to Hong Kong in time to be there for the meeting. So. You know, not only is a champion jockey a really good bloke, he's a really hard worker, and he he'll um he'll go anywhere to ride a winner. And if you if you know anything about him, I've spoken to a few trainers who who will um who will contest 
that he he does watches every race. He says they'll get a phone call and they just see that that um, trial at Tarapa. There's a really nice horse there. I should, should we should try and get it over here. Uh, speaking of that jockey premiership, is he back into 150 now? So it was a case that uh, Nash was favourite for that jockey premiership, but now J Mac 150 to uh, to win. Nash back at the 280, Jason Collard at 15, Tyler Schiller at 15. So that's obviously changed dramatically, that market, since we last spoke about it uh, last week. And, how about um, Tyler Schiller? Just, just on that, yeah. um, Mitch, Mitch, how about Tyler Schiller? Have you ever heard of a one-meeting suspension? Hello, Mitch. No, no, I, I'm sorry. I just, I just missed you there. No, I'm just listening to. Obviously, Tyler's got a fantastic record. He got in a bit of strife for his winning ride on Saturday in the highway. But um, I mean, that just shows if you if you have a good record and you stay out of trouble. I think it was only three or four careless riding uh, charges over the past twelve months, and he's had something like five hundred rides. So um, if you stay out of trouble, you uh, you get the good graces, I guess. And, and he had he had two inquiries this week, so. He had the inquiry out of the fast run race uh, with the Gary Nixon horse. Um, cool uh, Jakey that was with uh, cool Jake, the cool Jakey, the cool Jakey ride, which which they didn't take any action on, and there was one out of Gosford there where he got well back and didn't get into the race for Chris Waller. Um, that was an interesting inquiry. Um, he just he he had an option at the eleven hundred to get on the winner's back. The horse was a dollar thirty-five. He didn't take that option. He sort of was trying to ride to instructions when he's riding for Chris Waller. He's he's getting to a point now where he he wants to build those connections and he wants to do the right thing by the trainers. And probably overthought a little bit. If he just rode the race, he probably rolls in the race and wins easily. Um, then they sprinted at the six hundred. He was left flat-footed and charged under run uh, a, a handy third. Stewards found that the his acts at the eleven hundred weren't culpable for a charge, but they just reminded him, you know, that that he's probably erred in not taking the run there there. So um he's riding a lot, Tyler. He's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be around for a long time and he's probably the next the next cab off the rank the rank that's gonna jump up into that that realm with Tommy um Nash that second that that second tier just below James. So, you know, we're we're, we're blessed in Sydney with a lot of great riders and we've got some really good ones coming through in Tyler Dillon, Gibbons and mm. Zach Lloyd, who I see has been in Thailand for a week, so he'll come back nice and fresh. Uh, now, here's a text on the text line, uh, 0419767272, or give us a ring, 1350353. This is, we were talking about track bias to start the program, and obviously um, it appeared like there was a you know significant track bias at uh, Flemington on Saturday. Um this one's from Michael Hyall. Track bias has been with us forever on all types of track in all jurisdictions around the world. We have plenty of technology, penetrometers, going sticks, wind speed, etc. However, what we lack in bias rating, what we lack is a bias rating in all form guides. Could be very simple. Bias, N-I-O, meaning normal, inside, outside. Um, how about you uh, talk to the powers to be at uh, Tabcorp Racing New South Wales, Riser to encourage this small addition into our form guides. Michael has sent that in. Now, I what? Well, first off, Gator, would you like to see something like that added to a form guide if we had enough study behind it that we could definitively tell punters 
Uh, because that's the other thing, too, I, I find about when we talk about track bias is we might have, you know, a group of 20 people, uh, 15 people might think there was bias, five people might think there was not. So until we can definitively all sort of say what it is scientifically, would you then feel comfortable putting in a, a form guy? Because technically it's all, if you're just putting it in now, it's all just your, that, that person's opinion, whoever's doing the form. Yeah, I think that's that's the most salient point. With that, look, I think rule number one is um, I'm always for as much information uh, as I can possibly give to the punters, and uh, you know, I, I draw up conclusions to each race, but it's really up to them. It's their money uh, how they want to to draw their own conclusions. But if they've got all the information in front of them, they can make an informed uh, decision, can't they? And um, yes, I'm all for it. Uh, that information coming to light, but I think you're right. If it's if the information isn't backed by any science, then it's just an opinion. You know, you might as well just put jump on Twitter and say the Earth's flat. You can do that. There's nothing to stop you, but it's not scientifically proven. Um, so I think that's where that problem lies. You know, I mean, there was a there was a meeting at Corfield on November 18, and I was watching the races, all ten of them, and it looked like a significant advantage to those on the inside lanes and. A couple of really well-respected uh, ratings experts refuted that with their data uh, that, you know, relative to the price of these horses, it raced pretty true. Now, you know, I, and my comeback was the, the, the proof's going to be in the pudding. You know, if those horses that ran on out wide are improve at the next start, um, we probably know what the answer was. And those that were on the inside regress. That's probably the answer. But by then, it's too late, right, for the punters. So um, that's, the, that's the challenge, is it finding the, the scientifically backed uh, information to get it right to then pass it on. And, and, you know, if we have to pump money into it, and maybe we'll put on 15 races on a Saturday. Sorry, I'm, I'm being silly now. <laughs> but, um, you know, but the answer That'll isn't that it. either. Oh, but the, yeah. the answer isn't that either. The answer isn't, uh, you know, just put more product on, more and more and more and more product. Um, to cover the anyway, I'm going off on a tangent that's, that's, and I'm getting upset. That's, that's that's a that's an argument for another day. The, the idea of more product has always been to get more turnover. So, it, but but it, then it, again, it, this is what I was saying before about uh, product. If you're putting product on, and things are happening in that product, that we as experts, people who talk on radio, television, writing papers, can't explain. Um, why that that's that's where I see in the future, you know. Um, and, and as I said, it's it's no one's fault because I I don't even think sometimes, and Nivesh even actually commented on this last week. Not even track managers. There's no real definitive. We can't. No one can give a definitive answer as to why it happens. And maybe we might never be able to tell why it happens. Yeah. But well, the, the until is, there's there are there are people out there who 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 give you predictions. Nick Ashman's pretty good at it. He. He, yeah, but that's a prediction. That's like me saying, "Well, tomorrow, yeah, I'm but, there's not going to be any any traffic on the M5." Like, yeah, but the, I, I don't the, want a prediction. I is, want is, is if you can find someone who's got a fair idea to start with. And, nah, um, but you're missing well, the, the point, track's mate. Going to play middle and things like that. It gives you a little bit of start, but then, I know. But missing the point. That, looking, if you're looking for that middle play, you're got a conscious bias towards. Oh, that's where where the winners should be coming, and that they're all coming there. And no, I, no, 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 right. missing, you know, no, 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 missing not... the point. No, Chris, all I want, all I want is, is that say with like Flemington on Saturday, 
where it, it, it perceived and everyone's thinking it. Uh, but what I'm warning is if it happens, the ability is us as an industry, as media, as trainers, as jockeys, as owners, to explain in some sort of way why it's happening. We can't control it. I'm, I'm not saying, oh, it's a disgrace, this is happening, because there could be things happening with nature that we obviously don't know about as to why it's happening. But the fact that we as an industry... And we're not talking about being in 1970, we're talking about 2024. The fact that we can't explain it, I think, needs to be looked at because... Well, that's, the, that's the thing. Like, the shortest way home, in the end, is on the fence. And if you get three wide, you're, you're adding to your task, aren't you? But sometimes being three wide can be a benefit for some horses. So it's, it's a good argument to have, but yeah. I think Saturday's the obvious, uh, obvious touch point where we all know that Flemington played played bat poorly and mm. and you just got to be aware of that during the form going forward and let's face it not, not a lot of people have time to go back and watch every video of every horse and say oh well it was in the quicksand out wide um and they're just looking at it and saying well it's been six lengths it's, it, it it didn't go any good you yeah know, that's good... i think i think too the other thing as well this is for me at least this topic this talking topic's not an argument topic at all um no. for for our industry it doesn't need to be but like you just said like you know the quicksand out wide i would love in 5 10 years time for this program to be on and if gator is still on it goes the quicksand out wide at flemington and that's because obviously we had this information as to why there was quicksand so make sure next time you know you're doing your form, you remember that, you know, that Flemington part of the track was like that because of this. At the moment, not one human in our game can tell me. We can have a guess and say, oh, it's it played like that because, you know, there was a bit of wind, or but we don't have any sort of scientific evidence to tell us why that happened. And as I said, maybe we might never know. But, gee, um, if we can put things in space and do all these other sorts of things, it'd be nice to at least have an attempt. But it doesn't, yeah. doesn't need well, to be an argument. It's never been better served, Dave. Look, look. if you go back 10 years, you couldn't get videos of races, basically. You you had mm. to pay for them, and you, you paid a pretty premium for to get the video of the race. Now they're on... You've got... You can watch every nearly every race in Australia if, you've, um, if, you, if you know where to ac- access them off um, uh, regulators and things like that. Interestingly, in, in Sydney, if you're in the betting ring at Rose Hill, there's a TV there that's got the weather feed for um, the track, so it shows which way the wind's blowing and all all that for people who who are interested in echelons and things like that. But you know, we we as an industry, you know, the the way we're going to grow is by encouraging people to go to have have one more bet. You know, that's that's the raw facts of it is that if you can, once once you once you're betting on a Saturday, if you if you can um, back a few winners, you're gonna you're gonna turn over more. So, um, but they're not gonna turn over, and some people some people have the discipline just not to turn over on a track like something on the weekend, and that means more money for the other jurisdictions like Sydney or Brisbane. Plenty of text flying in here on the text line, and we're gonna get our horse to follow very quickly. Uh, someone's giving me a race net. Link with slash track bias on there. So is there a is there an article on, on all this? Dave 
Give it a rest on track bias. Okay, no worries. You can keep doing your backside on the punt if you like. Um, Dave, one could say Rose Hill played uh, better a couple of lanes out in Saturday. Why isn't there any complaints about bias in Sydney? As a, mate, this is not a Sydney v Melbourne thing. I'm, I'm with you. And, and you know what I'd love to be able to say to you, Azza? Well, the track played like that at Rose Hill because of this and this, but... Bugger if I know why it, it does that at Sydney. Bugger if I know why the Kenzo that, plays Lears. It's it's but that's what I mean that we can't we can't say why. No one can say why. We can only have predictions. It's like playing lotto. Um, yeah, forget Dave, track bias. I'm stoked that Gator and Form is not. The jockeys go there. That's where the jockeys. jockeys but why? Go. Why do they go there? That's the thing. Why well, do they, they go they there? See that that's better ground. Like that's what I mean. They, they <laughs> everyone goes to the middle of the track and then Jim Cassidy come up the. I know, and I just. I would love for us to be able to say why they've done that. I mean, it's all, it's, it's, it's just, yeah, putting something behind what you're saying. It's just a bit of, you know, it's, it's like why do we, why do people go and pay thousands of dollars to go and, you know, have horses timed sectionally and have databases because they want to learn more about it and not just, you know, watch and read. Um, what about this? Uh, forget track bias. I'm stoked that Gator informed us all the, the earth isn't flat. Wait till the flat. <laughs> Wait till the flat people start calling in Craig from Tamworth. Well, thirteen fifty three fifty three. If you disagree with Gator, what about your horses to follow? What uh, what horses are you following, Chris? Yeah, I was really impressed by Tintuki behind our Kobe son. Um, I think it would have got closer if Delexo didn't just open up the run for um, for our Kobe son. It went straight through and and was very impressive. But Tintuki had a had a few few um, bumps and bruises when it coming back from the come back in that race and found the line really well. I think it'll be winning again. I thought Ida was really good in the last with a big way that I can see it jumping in grade and getting down the weights and being really hard to beat. And um, thirdly, I thought Calabas was really good as well. So, you know, that's the that's, that was the obvious one that everyone should be following. What about yourself, Gator? Your horses to follow? Uh, I've spotted a couple that ran on out wide at Flemington and... <laughs> <laughs> I've got a feeling they might be coming winners. <laughs> Their names are Lording uh, and Steffi Magnetica. Um, just one out of Rose Hill, our Cobus, I think, is the horse that can continue to progress out of that meeting. Yep. And what about uh, yourself, Mitch, your horses to follow? Uh, a couple. Uh, gently rolled, I thought, was excellent. Uh, first up from a spell in that midway for all the reasons I mentioned earlier. There's a two in the highway they don't want to follow. Both had a... Um, both cult process horses. I thought C-Notes was excellent um, at Big Odds, just sort of knocked up late. And the stable, mate, uh, go back and watch that run, Kai Hocko, I believe it is, uh, terribly luckless in the straight. But there's another highway in two weeks' time at the same track over 1,500 metres. And if they both go there, I think um, one of them can win. Love it, boys. Uh, big week ahead when it comes to racing uh, in New South Wales and for that fact uh, also in Victoria as well because we've got a Saturday meeting at Royal Ramwick where we've got the Carrington uh, are listed plus down in Melbourne on Saturday they're racing at uh, the Valley. So take note, they've got the Valley, the, the challenges on as well. The Australia Stakes, which is a Group 2 so looking forward to racing at the Valley on Saturday. Plus as well, we've got Australia Day Friday. So a stack of meetings all around the country with Wagga and Warwick Farm, uh, Caulfield, Hanging Rock, Eagle Farm, Kilcoy, Bunbury, Launceston, Darwin, Murray Bridge. So all across the country racing. And uh, on Saturday, a full book. We're racing in every state and territory. We're at uh, obviously Newcastle, Parks, 
Royal Randwick. We've got uh, a Moey and Valley meeting, Ipswich, Sunny Coast, Ascot, Emperance, Morpherville, King Island, Tasmania, Canberra, and also at Pioneer Park. So lots to sink the teeth into this week. Gents, I hope you're back. Plenty of winners. We'll get those horses to follow up on social. And thanks for the yarn this morning. Have a good day, boys. Yeah.